When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 97. My name's Turner Sparks. My name's Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P, Kaplan America on Twitter and... Instagram. And we have Lost in America. Lost in America on Instagram. And www.lostinamericapod is the website. Check it all out on the podcast today. We have Ben Rubin. Ben Rubin, Big Ben. Journo, <laughs> writer, journalist for CNET.com. Yeah, and biz- oh. one of the good journalists, not a fake news guy. No, nah, he's guy's a real, all news. real news man. All real news journalist. Uh, he's over at the CBS building a few blocks away. We met him at the... The infamous Ents launch party that we still haven't talked about. That we're getting to. We're saving <laughs> it. Slow we're, build. We're slow building. Yeah, we're waiting for Ikram to get back from he his... Had, uh, I heard he has food poisoning in Spain right now. He's going around the world so on the. Uh... Ikram had this launch party, and so it went so well. He went on a celebration, a victory lap around the world, gallivanting. He's taking all the investors' money and running away through Western Europe. <laughs> so Ben Room is going to be on. He's going to be talking about some of the stories he's written recently about tech in the Middle East, and about t- tech in Western Europe, about the refugee. How tech, t- how tech helps refugees? Exactly. In case you thought I was hurting them. Which we don't talk. Last time we talked about Tep is we had EV leaks on here. Ev, Ev leaks. Ev leaks. To get it right. Yeah. And uh, Ben was very impressed when we were talking to him uh, at, at the party that we, we had Ev leaks. That's big, big, big gap. And I'll be honest, that time, I didn't know what that guy was talking about. Yeah. And we're not going to know what this guy's talking about either, so I'm sure. We're going to need Ben to dumb it down a little bit <laughs> for yeah. us. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. But Kaplan, before all that, we got a little business to discuss yep. down here. Number one, we need an intern. Number one, yes. <laughs> Number one. Well, I sent you that thing about it, the uh, the I saw a job listing posting online, and it listed a podcasting like producer, like they they listed it as like looking for a podcaster. So I was like, oh, we. That, that- I've been, I'm sick of I've been producing. If the term is producing, is that what we're calling? Yeah, it? yeah. I've been, pro- I've been producing this podcast for 97 episodes. I've been cutting audio. I've been running around. So we need an intern. To- we need somebody else. I'm out. In episode 100, I'm out. That's my last episode. A- oh, we need a producer to get on episode 100. Otherwise, I'm the talent. After that, I'm just the talent. I come on. I talk. Well, I you're leave. asking a lot of the intern. He's I want him to do everything. He or, he or she, she is going to come in and uh, do everything. We don't. They don't need to gender identify. And we- we're not paying them. So get oh, that out pay- of your mind. Really? Oh, boy. Where would the money come <laughs> from? No. Amazon. We need a free intern, and you so, said Syracuse University has them. They podcasting have int- is a career. At it's Syracuse. a career. That's what I meant to you say. You can yes, major I, in podcasting. I don't know if you can major yet, but we're working on it. I'm going to make some calls, and yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look into. The, if you know anybody out there who's an intern, who's a son, who kid who wants to work hard, they don't have to be a kid. They doesn't have to be younger than us. That's all they need to be. Someone right? Someone younger than us. I think Misha Han, the comedian in New York City, would be a great intern. What? He's still. Like, is he 20? How old is he? He's somewhere around there. All right, done. He's hired. He's hired, but maybe <laughs> the job. Maybe we'll get a Syracuse person. All right. Uh, you know, here's what I think. You go up to Syracuse. You give a few lectures on podcasting. That's what the next move. I need to do that. And in exchange, they throw us an intern. I, the, the fall semester's coming up. That's the natural progression. They have to have a podcasting profession, like professor. Exactly. Major. I could be the first you ever. Get a tweed jacket. <laughs> get a tweed with a patch. You go in there. Yeah. A pipe and a patch. 
And I creep I'll, out some office hours where I discuss, I tell war stories. Office hours. <laughs> about the podcasting game. Yes. All right. Let's do it. Right into the sunset. us if you haven't. No. <laughs> so we need some interns. For real, we need interns. Yeah. We have actually real projects coming up. We have too right. many people coming after us, wanting us to do stuff. Yeah. We're at that point in our careers where our best, our number one commodity, time. Time, yeah. Time is money. Time is money. We got to we conserve got our time. We have too much stuff to do, not enough stuff. So get us some interns. Yeah. DM us if you're interested, for, for real. Cap in America. Cap in America. Get, or me, Turner Beastbrook. Get to us. And, uh, yeah, should we get to uh, Lost in America? No. 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 We do not play the music. Randy, do not play the music, Randy Lee. Why? What's going I gotta, on? I got I to gotta ask you a question, all right? Where's the money? What money? The live podcast money. I haven't seen a dime yet. I worked hard on that. The live podcast with Stand Up New York? Yeah. You gotta ask them. I mean, they so they said the money's in the bank. The money's coming in the bank. <laughs> it's so, the I bank. haven't checked my bank account. All right. I talked to John over there. They pay. They say they paid. I think they paid, but I gotta check my account. I'll check my account. I'll, right. and I'll you get, get you the, money the Venmo. I, I'll give you my Venmo handle. All fair. Just get me. I need that money. I got bills to pay. Okay. Okay. The summer camps aren't free. All right. Well, I'll check. But also, there's expenses involved with the pod. So first of all, <laughs> I gotta see what our expenses are. <laughs> I got SoundCloud to kick back to. I got everybody. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll get, I'll get it to you All soon. Right. Nobody said anything to me about expenses. So <laughs> No one said expenses? No, I didn't, no sign, I didn't sign up for expenses. No, I'll do the podcast money. No, I thought All it was right. a one-way operation. Well, we didn't. It was a little, uh, we made a decent amount of money, but I'll right. get it to you. We got the Bijo money. Yeah, I got Randy's uh, birthday's coming up. She keeps won't let me forget it. So. Randy Lee? Randy Kaplan. Randy Kaplan. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right, we'll get you the money. We'll get you the money. All right, all right. Speaking of money, Amazon. Yes. People can contribute through Amazon. Uh, go to lostinamericapod.com. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, go to lostinamericapod.com first. If you're going to buy the Audrey Murray book, it's still up there. Get it. All right. It's a great book. I keep keep getting my way through it. I'm <laughs> keep, feeling great on the subway. Keep getting your way through I'm it. I'm feeling great on How the subway. How long does it take you to read a book? <laughs> feeling great on the subway. I only read on the subway. I only uh, read in public. Who wants to read in private? Right. It doesn't count. It's doesn't. like when you t the tip jar, if they're not looking, it doesn't count as a tip. Exactly. You're, you, who reads at home? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody so, with you, a brain. You could do your candy crush at home. Exactly. Read your books on the subway, people. Read Audrey Murray. So do that. Uh, LostAmericaPod.com. All right. Enough funny business. Let's let's Now let's Lost, play the music. Lost in America. Play the music. Randy, hit it. You're lost in America this week. What's up? Yeah, I got um. You know, the, I've had. I just mentioned the kids are in camp. They got them in all sorts of camps this summer. Summer oh, in camp. Summer camps. Yeah, costing me a lot of money. Every week there's a different camp, and I'm making observations. That they're they're all a little bit different with their security. So you know, on the one end of the spectrum, when I mean, my security children. Nobody wants their children to get lost. Right? Oh sure, get lost. It's good for the pod, <laughs> but it's not good for real life. People don't have podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So not everyone has a podcast. Right. So on one end of the spectrum, we have the very lazy affair soccer camp, which is run by some British guys. Yeah. Where, literally, like I don't have to sign them in. I just drop them off. I don't even know where his group is. They say we'll find it. You know, I pick up. I don't It'll be on the pitch. Yeah, I, I sent an email once to say that Randy was picking him up, but I, my wife, and I didn't know if it, she they knew permission. You know, okay. They didn't reply to the email. In fact, the email didn't go through. They let her have him. You know, whatever. <laughs> the, what I wanted to say is, I want to get the point. I got Karakind, Jeremy Karakind. Sure. I got Karakind this week. <laughs> Guest of the podcast. Sure. Who he had a little experience with I, the American Airlines. He couldn't get his own kid back from American Airlines. Right. 
So, so that happened to you? That happened to me. So there's on all this thing with all I've been picking up the kids from camp all summer. I, they had a different camp last week. Just a different camps in the city at the United Nations school. And I went to pick up um, my kids. They're both together at this one camp, Teddy and Ruby. They come out first day and they say and they didn't tell us this in any of the orientations. I didn't know this was coming. This is a real sneak attack move they did. They come running out. They say, Teddy, who's here to pick you up? He says, My dad. What's his name? Michael. You can go. Okay. Then they point to Ruby. Ruby, who's here to pick you up? Daddy. What's his name? Daddy. Oh, she doesn't know your name? <laughs> so they say, you can't... Ruby, you have to say his name before you can leave. What's his name? Dada. <laughs> what? So now Teddy is saying, Ruby, say Michael. Yeah. I'm like, does that count? Their brother, you know their brother and sister. She's like, no, he, she needs to say it. And you're standing right there? I'm standing right there. So then I'm like, Ruby, what does mommy call me? You know what she says? What? Kaplan. No way! <laughs> really? So she's just Kaplan. So I'm like, my name is Kaplan. People call me Kaplan. I have a podcast. You can listen to it. They call me Cap, <laughs> Kaplan America. No, they need your first name. Do you have your ID? Can you show that your last name's Kaplan? Well, that's the funny thing is you don't have your ID because there's such tight security because this campus at the United Nations school yeah. that you have to leave your ID when you first go into the building. So I don't have my ID with you. You have this like... So how does you improve your name's Michael? I, I show him like my credit cards and stuff. But it says Kaplan on there too. Yeah, it, show, it does say that. You're right. So the first day, the first guy, he's like, okay, you can go. I showed him my credit card. Day two, I'm like, Ruby, you're going to have to say... Michael, Michael. Do we, we went through the whole same routine again, and they, and they say, what's his name? Daddy. No, what's his, what is his actual name? Poopy. <laughs> <laughs> so then so, so you just get, so you leave her? Literally, I had to sneak her out. I had to wait. Basically, it was like a whole diversion where there's all these other kids coming out. I had to do this two or three days in a row where there was like, I had to sneak her out when they weren't paying attention. I just wait, I like wore them down by standing there long enough, and they're like, well, we're going to have to call the mom, which... Which why is what happened with Jeremy Carrick and our guests. We're like, why is the mom more authority than the dad? Exactly. This is like reverse sexism. And I, how do they, you know, I could put anyone on the phone. I could be like, the phone number, I fill out the forms with the camp. So I could have put so anybody on the phone. You gave the mom's phone number. Yeah, they could be, it doesn't have to be the real mother. Like, I don't even know what they're trying to prove. I'm like, so this is a real problem. I need to figure out a way to teach my daughter my name. Wait, wait, what about this? What if you're gay? What if there is no mom? What if it's another dad? Right, so but well, only well, a woman can uh, justify. The well, if you're, I'm assuming their their kid will learn. Maybe they'll not. They'll learn their names, because I. I <laughs> so right. every other kid at this camp knows their parents' name. Apparently, they do. Because <laughs> a few of the others I noticed wouldn't, but they were just being difficult, like yeah. older kids, and they were like, I don't. They're just paying. But then they were like, so then I was literally like training Ruby, Michael, say Michael, say Michael, say Michael, and then she comes out, Kaplan. Really? Is she doing this on purpose? I don't know. She's got nervous? She doesn't know my name. She doesn't oh, know here's the best name. part. I forgot the best part is the one guy, one of the days, goes, Ruby, you need to say his name. And she's like, Daddy. And he's like, okay, I'm going to show you three names on a screen. If you could point to his name, you can go. And so I was like, but she doesn't read. <laughs> and I was like, okay, forget it. He's like, what? Well, she needs to point to it. So I was like, coach her. I'm like, Ruby, point to this one. So she just points to it, hits her screen, and he lets her go. So now oh if you gosh. are kidnapping kids, all you got to do is be able to like Dang. reason with them well enough to get them to, I, 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 this is a crazy system. We what, if, what, what if you pointed to the one that said murder <laughs> and you're like, point to this one. Right. Like if it's like a, a lineup where they have two similar names, like, like the show, Unabomber, them, like, Michael, Me uh, Michelle, <laughs> yeah. Miguel, 
So I, I don't know. I don't know what security, if that's a good thing or not. But I'm surprised that every other kid. I mean, like I, I think Tyler's my brother's kids. They learned his name. I remember when they were two. Right. They would. They trained him. Like you know how to say Tyler and Anna. But see, probably around the house, Anna calls him Tyler, and Tyler calls her Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the problem real. This is really Randy's fault. She she's been calling Kaplan. me Kaplan all these years. <laughs> she only says Michael. Like uh, she's mad at me, really. So. But I, they did finally let your kids out. I, I honestly snuck them out. Every, the one day she pointed, even though she, it was like coached point, the other days I snuck her out when they weren't looking. So, so there any, are there any kids there that are just in jail for life? I mean, like I feel like that's illegal. You're <laughs> hard, just leave them there. Until... You're kidnapping a child. Well, I do think it's kind of like a hostage standoff where like the day ends because there's like a there's a time period to pick up all these camps. I like to wait to the last possible second to get my money worth. Yeah. But sometimes the subway works really well and you get there early. Yeah. So I think there's a standoff where these counselors want to go home, right? Of course. So if I wait them out, like it's six o'clock. Six yeah. fifteen, like I mean, you want so maybe eventually just you can just wear him, him to the murder. <laughs> just give him to the pedophile. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Ince is an app. <laughs> you can get it in the app stores. That's a five minute audio recordings, voice messages, whatever you want to do. Do it at Ince. People are incing around the world now. Ikram's in Spain incing. Yes, it's the best place to. If you're food poisoned, we're on there. Find me at Turner Sparks. Find Kaplan at Lost in America. Right. Lost in America. Yeah. So talk to us. Tell us what you want to say and uh, tell us what you want us to talk about on the pod. Maybe we will. Yeah. Give us. And if you're an intern, a very tech savvy intern who wants to score some extra points, you can come come at us through Ensign. You're probably hired. If you have a news story, Ensign to us. Yeah. And if you have any sort of Lost in America experiences, we need material. We're really running low here. Exactly. <laughs> so that's it. Should we get to our guest, Ben Rubin? Yeah. Let's bring him in. Come on in, Ben. <laughs> Back with our guest Ben Rubin. On that note, welcome to the show. How you doing? How much? How much of that was recorded previously? Oh, all of it. But that'll, that'll be in the, the B sides. The B sides. Yeah. Oh, B side. So Ben. So we met you at the uh, at the Ents party a yep. couple yes. weeks ago. Ents launch party. This is that. I've been I've been using that as a way to show cachet that like I'm actually cool that I went to a tech launch party once. I, exactly. So, yeah. Know. Very techy. Well, we I will. I want to get into this when we have Ikram back. He's I heard he's traveling the world. Yes. But my sister thought it was the coolest thing ever. She saw the Venmo guy at that Ants launch party. The guy from The Bachelor. Wait, Venmo oh, John yeah. or something? The Bachelor Venmo dude. He was there apparently. I didn't know that. You didn't know that, right? One of the guys who is on The Bachelor works at Venmo. He's one of the founders of Venmo, not Ikram. Ekrem hasn't been on the bachelor. Was he the guy serving drinks behind the? <laughs> was he bartending? <laughs> he, bar- Wait, he, posted- he was making a mean Bacardi and or, I don't know if he's either- Andrew or something. No, see, that's not that guy. It's another guy. I don't think he's a co-founder, but the bachelor hyped him like he's a co-founder. But I don't know. Guy. He's it- really just the bartender. So he's the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Venmo bartender, but he was on the he was on the pink carpet, the same carpet we posted photos from. And my sister saw, freaked out. Apparently, so we got a hey bachelor. I said make it a double. <laughs> <laughs> More rum in this. Come on, you loser. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't win, yes. So, oh, yeah. well, that's cool. So we met you there, and yes. then we got to talking, and you were at CNET. Yes. Senior the, reporter at CNET. Senior I, reporter. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. Which at is a, CNET. A big site I like to go to whenever I've told you, whenever I'm buying a TV or a Thank tech you. product. I'm always there. I'm a, big, I'm a big slave to reviews. Not random people's reviews. I don't want expert reviews. Not like Yelp reviews. Not Yelp reviews. Not people on Amazon. Not yet. Yeah, but I like to hear what like people- What about just people on the probably, street? You suck. <laughs> so, hey, dumb shirt. Yeah, d- no, no. If he says like this TV is like they give it a bad rating or something, I'm I'm out. I'm not gonna. 
Oh, I'm, I I'm see. a slave to this stuff. So thank yeah. you, so, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, put, I'm keeping the lights on over there. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I went to your office the other day for something we'll talk. We we can't talk about, but at some point we will. But Secret what I liked is that your office is right in the heart of New York City, right down the street actually. But it's a very Silicon Valley. Uh, like there's a foosball table. There's a foosball table, and you can get your own uh, soda water flavored. Oh, I like that. So that's so, a big perk. That's better than health insurance. It was great. <laughs> Apparently, there was like <laughs> it, 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 so during the tech bubble. This was a long time ago. CNET came upon hard times. This was before we were owned by CBS, and they had the foosball table and they had the pool table, <laughs> and they identified this is this is all lore that like I cannot confirm one way or another. Sure, that's what this podcast is for. But they but they were able to identify the people to fire when things went bad. By figuring out who played foosball and played pool the most, so I are, knew it. Those oh, are, it's a trap! It's, it's a, a trap! trap. I've it's known a trap. That since like, day do one. not play foosball. They bring that in as like an HR thing, and they have they have a camera there. They it's watch too much play time foosball. in the ball pit. Get I, out I, of here! I, I, I'm terrible at foosball. <laughs> I can never figure out how to get the like. Like I played my six year old the other day in foosball. Don't play foosball. And it seemed like You'll I was letting it win, but I literally don't know how to get the ball ever. I'm pool though. I would be hustling people. If you're going to get fired in the last two weeks, hustle people on the way out the door, I guess. I always knew those things, the slides at Google. Yeah. Who's going down the slide all the time? <laughs> get rid of that guy. All, yes. or when they have you that go down the slide and they hand you your pink slide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your go. Slide. Slide on out It's like here. a test. It's, yeah, and it's like the way they have those like vacation policies where it's like, just take as much as you want as long as you get your work done. Yeah, exactly. That seems like a trap too. That's why I don't ins very much because so I know Ikram's going to fire people who ins too much around here. So oh, that's, it's interesting that you mentioned that one though because they've done studies where if you give unlimited vacation time, people use less of it. Because like, if I get two weeks, I'll use the two weeks. If you get unlimited, right, you use it only when you need it. Or except you just for that don't one, use it. except for that one guy who uses six weeks, and you fire him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why they use less. Yeah, but yeah, that's why so. people on the street are like, "Hey, can I have a dollar?" They're not like, "Give me as much as you want." Yeah, specific. <laughs> You're right. Because if you say give me what you want, I'm like, here's a dime. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. Those guys are geniuses. I just sent you some Bitcoin. So, uh, but then we got into looking at what, you, at what you've written. So uh, we have stories here we want to go over. But the first Great. one, tech yes. around the world. The series. Okay, this is now we're going to transition into <laughs> very this serious. Is gonna be, this very is going to be a very hard transition. A very right serious here. topic. Do you want to get it. a little more fluff first? No, go. <laughs> okay, here's how we get there. I went to Greece on my honeymoon. I went to really? Athens. Okay. What I did not realize, I was there in 2016. What I did not realize is probably when I was there, you were there. Yes. And you were writing yeah. an Our article. honeymoon as well, right? About no. the, it's like a, I don't know if slums the word or this, this community. Yes. Where everyone WhatsApps each other and then they can live at each other's houses. But you have much of a yeah. much. Squats is the word. Yeah, yeah, right? squats. squats. Exactly yes. right. Yeah. Squats is basically just. A ad hoc housing, and so it's related. It's, it's to abandoned the... buildings that people take over and live in, and you know, it was all all refugees were living in there. And how is this related to the Syrian? It was related to the Syrian refugee crisis. It's because there were people flooding into Europe, and a lot of them, the like the doorstep of Europe for them, because they were coming from Syria, was Greece. And so Greece, which was in the middle of an economic crisis, right, was yeah. all of a sudden inundated with hundreds of thousands of people that were trying to go through the country to get to other parts of Europe. And um, there wasn't enough housing. So they just invented, they were locals that would work with folks and they would just invent housing because like there were a bunch of abandoned buildings and they just took them over. And the way that they got, the thing that was fascinating and what makes it a CNET story, what makes it a tech story is, is that they use things like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and their phones to connect people to the housing, to actually acquire food, shelter, sometimes jobs, different things like that. So like this was the way, this was like the glue 
that helped people that were like could have been fish out of water that they were able to like figure out what they were doing in this totally unknown place. And so they but who owns these abandoned the houses are abandoned like They're legitimately abandoned, abandoned like yes. no owner. It's there were there were like apartments. There were different like apartment dwellings in in Athens. Uh that's where we found like the most of them. There was there were the most squats that we found were in this one neighborhood called Exaria. That's which, what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. yeah. So this was this was we realized afterward was a uh, pretty dangerous place and was a no-go zone for cops. Like, cops don't go there because like, if you show up as a uniformed police officer, you are in a lot of trouble. And they, um, they, there are riots there. They throw Molotov cocktails at the police station. The police station, I am not kidding, looked like it could have fit very comfortably in, like, the outskirts of, like, Iraq somewhere. Like, it looked like a, like a war zone So the police station. have just given up. They don't even try. They're it's just like, it's, it's really like, like Amsterdam the, or something. Like the community like... has turned against them, essentially. And, you know, what we what we found out afterwards was is that they don't take kindly to politicians or journalists either. Mm. Uh, but we were there to find out a story. So you, we went you... to Exaria and knocked on doors and tried to talk to people. A lot of people didn't want to talk to us. Did you knock on the door first and be like, I will help you pick a TV out? Yes. I got, I'm, not yeah. your, I'm not your typical <laughs> journalist. So, I'm useful. So... Interesting part of that. So we did, I don't know if you read this far into the story. This is the end of the story. We mentioned how in Exaria, we got into a little bit of trouble. There was um, there was a young woman that that identified us. She saw us. We, we, inter we introduced ourselves as journalists. And um, she was like, get the hell out of here. We melt journalists. Melt. I was like, wow, that's, that's insane. Yeah. She was this young woman. Even she Trump was doesn't like say really that. His rallies. She was being very like cocky about it, so I didn't really take her seriously. We bumped into her across town, and this time she brought her friends with her. And there were these two tall guys. One of them had oh half a chair with him, and uh, we were trying to like. I even then I <laughs> was trying to. They already yeah. break the other half off on like someone's head, like something. wielding half Killed a chair. A and <laughs> even then I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't taking it seriously. <laughs> he barged into the ring, <laughs> knocked someone over. But like I wasn't taking it seriously at the time because I was like, I'm in the middle of Athens. It's broad daylight. I'm right. with two other guys. Like, this what could the, possibly happen? Like, home plus, of democracy. Obviously, I was like, I'm an American. Like, they're not gonna do anything to me, right? <laughs> I'm. I was wrong, obviously, but um, yeah. So basically, they started yelling at us. Did they give you the business with the chair? I'll tell you what happened. So they um, they started yelling at us. We finally managed to extricate ourselves from what was becoming like a very heated situation. They were like, "You shouldn't be here." Blah blah blah. All this stuff. And it was at that point we were like, "Listen, like we're just we're just tech reporters. Like we write about tablets. Like you got the wrong guy. We're not." <laughs> we're not I got the We're galaxy. not political reporters. I think I literally said that. I was like, do you want me to tell you about the new Samsung tablet? Like, <laughs> I'm writing let a me go. piece. Yeah. yeah, like leave me alone. Yeah. So um, so they finally let us go. And then as we're leaving, the guy spits on my colleague. My colleague turns around and he says, no spitting. And then before I know <laughs> it, <laughs> spitting. yeah, no spitting. As yeah, if like, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, let's set Wait, some rules can I, here. Can I ask a question? Please. Barkley stuff. So when you said they they let you go, how were you... Did they, they we were just you? boxed into a corner. Oh, like, like, they, they, got, they have they a half a chair. A street corner? Yeah, it was in a street corner by the street, and they were just we were just kind of like very close to each other. And it the idea was they were going to beat you up with the chair? Yeah, the chair That's guy why they was always, definitely yeah. looking very they, menacing. So. They always say the way to beat a bad guy with a chair, half a chair is a good guy with a half a chair. <laughs> well, three well, you have the, the other chair. half. Three have the other half, yeah. So, so, so my colleague says, no spitting, and before I know it, the guy... The guy 
smacks me clear across the face. The mm. chair guy smacks you me clear across the face. fitting, so he smacks And he did not like that. And, uh, you know, I wish he had punched me because then it would have made for a better story. I have to come back and tell this story, and I got slapped. Backhand so. or front hand? It was a front hand. It was pretty vicious. So why's he holding then, the chair on the other hand? No, no, no he had put the chair down <laughs> by then. So, so then I start running. I was just, because I was like, you know That's what, to hell with this. It was a fight or flight mechanism. I was like, guys, you're on your own at this point. I just got <laughs> smacked in the face. You ditched your colleagues? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm a tech and, reporter. Right. And the guy, <laughs> the guy starts reporters. running after me and it looks like he's trying to kick me. And he's he's saying, like, get the F out of Ixaria. Get out of oh. Ixaria. Yeah, this guy, this got pretty intense. So um, and then I I met up. Luckily, my colleagues were okay. They um they beat up or like they punched my photographer and, and took all of his equipment. So they, they grabbed all of his equipment. But other than that, we like emerged unscathed and we showed up at the police station at Ixaria later that night. And they were like, what were you guys doing there? Oh you know, like, gosh. this is one of the most dangerous. They, like, showed us on this map, this triangle, which was exactly where we got stopped. Don't go and here. They were, like, they were like, this is the most dangerous part in the most dangerous neighborhood. And I was like, uh, okay, well, that was that was unfortunate. Who told uh, you they to go were there? exaggerating? They were yeah, exaggerating. How did was, you know about all we this? We found out about it. There were there was this entire locus of, or there was this huge network, underground network of all these um, like liberal activists and anarchists. There are different kinds of anarchists yeah, in um, in in Greece. Some of them are uh, uh, the anti antifa anarchists, which are much more violent. And I'm pretty sure those are the people that we bumped yeah, into. They don't like journos. They were like journos, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so but, and they don't have time to figure out what kind you are. Yeah, but they but took they, the cameras. They, just to, they they steal the cameras just to start a backpack. They took the. They took yeah yeah. They, 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 they had the two big cameras with them, and uh, they took them, and they yeah. I guess they there's stole a tip them. that you don't want to be the guy stuck with the camera in that area because yeah, it's harder yeah. to run. I mean, like, we were also, we were walking around, like, we, we should have been a little bit more Stealthy. chill about it. And this it. is in the middle stealthily. of the day? This Go. is in the middle of the day. It was at 4 o'clock. We spent the whole day there. And, you know, admittedly, the cops were trying to, like, scare us straight. That was the kind of thing. It's not a dangerous neighborhood per se, but it can be if you're walking around and you look like you don't belong there. Yeah, but it's a no-go zone for cops. That for cops, it's different. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, but if there's not going to... If, if there's no police, it's kind of dangerous yeah, by definition. If anything happens no, and you call the true. police and they're like, "Hey, you're on your own. You're, you're, yeah. you're right about that. There's also something about being like you said, you weren't necessarily scared at first. Something about like a Western European accent is like, it just seems jolly. Yeah, Greece does not seem dangerous to me. If some guy's I'm like, get out of here. Is... But in a Greek accent, you're like, come on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to. It was yeah. It was not. It, that was that was definitely like the quote unquote war story that I get after being a reporter for like fourteen years. That's pretty. And nice. it, it, unexpectedly working for a place like CNET, so uh, yeah, it was I mean, it was pretty it was pretty wild. And you know, it's wilder I than learned... like the Apple Store line before like a new iPhone launch. Or oh yeah, no, I got I got smacked. <laughs> I got smacked. At the, yeah, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> but so okay, so they're using this technology, but the government doesn't know about this. What they know doing? about it? Yeah, a lot of I, so I talked to. A government official in Athens, and um, you know they they kind of like turn a blind eye to a lot of the squats because they were completely overloaded. You know, like they created government housing. I mean, they're kind of helping the government in a way. Exactly, in, in, exactly. It's just so, weird of an anarchist to do. They're helping the government, but it's <laughs> not really. Problem is, don't tell so, them that. Don't tell them. So, so uh, it's obviously more complicated than that, right? Because some of the more uh, um, fringe strings of anarchists strongly recommend to the people that like maybe they're from Afghanistan, Pakistan, right. Syria, wherever they're recommending. They're like, the government's not your friend. Don't work with the government. 
And you're, you're not going to try to gain refugee status because you're not going to go through the whole process. So that's one of the major dangers is, is that if you um, fall into the wrong crowd, if you're operating outside of like in, in a non-government spot. If you're a refugee. If you're a refugee right. and you're not going through the process because the folks that are housing you are telling you the they're government giving, sucks. They're giving you bad, yeah. Yeah, they're giving you bad advice. Well, then they're trying it to could potentially harm your chances of staying in Europe in future years. That's what the guy told me. And that made a lot of sense to me. So. Right. It's like a short-term move. You got a place to stay. Yeah. Right. So, so the point is, is that it's not just a win-win. It's yeah. not like, oh, there are squats here. Everything's fine. Right. No, there's still a lot of pitfalls and complications. And, you know, it really conveyed the fact that, um, you know, it, there, were, there were all these people that needed help and people were doing their best to jury rig help for them so they didn't live on the street. But, um, you know, it wasn't perfect by any stretch. So. With, were the squats there before the refugees? Like, was it? Like with anarchists are just living in these squats already and they just have all of the space. So it was like a kind of we it's have a good all... question. I know there were more squats after the refugees showed up because there was greater demand. But um I do know that other European countries have problems with squats. There are obviously migrant waves that have come in from Africa too. It was just this was easily the biggest one. And so yeah. the situation with squats was obviously much more significant and much more out in the open right. when we were there. And um you know, the squats themselves were actually, to a certain extent, better because they were, you know, they were organized and everything than some of the open air places where you're just living in a in a tent outside. Like that was one of the places that I went to it was in uh, the port in Piraeus where there were just all these people living under an underpass. They had gone all the way from like Syria where they're like getting shot at at the Turkish border and all this other crap to live to live like literally outside, more or less homeless out on a port. And there are like people that are like within within like, you know, throwing distance, like really, really close that are just getting ready to like go on like tourist ships to go to the island. So this is really- yeah. That's probably me. He's yeah. even lolly dying around. No, I was gonna right. say. Who's this riffraff? <laughs> he did take oh. a, uh, no, I think we were in, how do you call it, exterior? Ex Exaria was Exaria. the anarchist Exaria. name. Exaria, I think we went to a cooking class there. Exaria? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. close. I looked at the picture of where it is. It's right next to the Acropolis, right? Yes, it's a very hip neighborhood. There's yeah. all this awesome graffiti there. Yeah, it's a really like it's very active. And like, there's a tourist so. area right near, right next yeah. to it, where you can buy it like has... t-shirts, like jokey t-shirts. Oh stuff. yeah, I love yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and then yeah, because there's in the whole area like you were writing about. There's like these like host, they're almost like hostels, right? That they're breaking, yes. like, where they have like they have like Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And so that was yoga. that was the hotel for exactly. yoga in the in the the squat yeah so the most <laughs> the mo this this one this one squat it, it, i would hesitate to even call it a squat because it was so well organized yep. it was better organized than a lot of the government run housing government the anarchists shelters. are the best uh, they should be running the government it sounds like so but this was this an obvious <laughs> spectrum right? right and the most impressive one by far was the hotel city plaza this was an abandoned hotel they had i think it was 400 people living there wow. Three square meals, yoga class, English, <laughs> German, and Arabic classes, oh uh, free Wi-Fi. It was it was incredible. It, it was, was like this entire utopian thing. They had to, like people would would be on like security it's like outside. The beach. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. Everybody what? got their own room with a key and everything. Were there like backpackers coming through who weren't refugees? Like, no, can we these, stay here? <laughs> these folks were refugees. But yeah. to to what you guys were saying before. Um, I, I was there with somebody that was either with an NGO or a nonprofit or, or, or the government that was trying to get uh, a woman housing there because like, you know, there's some people that are like more vulnerable populations and they're obviously 
you know, City Plaza is better equipped to like handle those folks because it had a lot of like uh, families as opposed to like being stuck outside or whatever. So, yeah, they did a hell of a job. City Plaza was amazing. They even they even had a bar where they served fraps. Which oh is my. really cool. Frappuccinos? <laughs> yeah, they weren't. It, wasn't, it was a watery frappuccino, but you know. Let me ask cares? you: Are these? An, uh, this sounds like a place they've been plastic straws already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yoga mats. <laughs> Wait, uh, how do they pay? Who pays for this? It was all. Um, so going back to the tech side, like they're uh, they get donations. they get funding. Yeah, they get from donations the from uh, no from like the. From like people on the internet and from from like the neighboring community. So like the neighbors would bring stuff, but they also like City Plaza was um, so like web savvy that they had um, like promotional videos on YouTube. They had like a Twitter uh, handle. They had a Facebook page, and they would request. They were they called it like um, like no room service, like no elevator, but the best best hotel in uh, Europe. And wow. they, they would use that as like a tagline to try to get people to donate from Should around the world. On our, on our honeymoon. Yeah, yes, <laughs> told yeah. yeah. But you couldn't. St- you could like send money, and then yeah. basically instead of yeah, they yeah. they set up a whole like online donation system, and people would be able to donate from wherever they were around the world. So don't we have this like? Isn't there in a, a huge squat or whatever you want to call it in L.A. on the street? We have ho- homeless people just living on the streets of Los Angeles in downtown LA. I watched this video about it the other day. That's as far as my information Good goes. Good research. But there's like thousands <laughs> of people. And no, we can't do that here. There's no, where do we, where's Antifa around here? There's, there is Antifa here. Are yeah. they helping out these people, uh, homeless people in America? I, I don't know. I just know that they have the same, it's the, it's the, uh, they, they have black and white flags. And they wear a lot of black. And yeah. they have like the whole gear and everything. So Antifa the, has definitely made are, it. Are to Antifa the, US. the ones doing the like running these like places? I don't think they're, they're not. The they're more. No. They're more yeah, violent. No. So yeah, hotel, oh, that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. Yeah. So, oh, okay, okay. So okay. Hotel City Plaza, right? So there's there's a broad spectrum of of folks that claim that right. call themselves anarchists. City right. Plaza. There's, they said they were leftists and anarchists, but I'm pretty sure the anarchists were like mainstream anarchists. Right. They're like bleeding heart le- anarchists, we'll call them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not like the super... Limousine like, anarchists. Yeah, my kind of anarchists. I like these people. <laughs> the folks in Ixaria were like much more militant yeah. anarchists. And, you know, if you need housing, you need a roof over your head, you you're, you could end up, you could very well end up in like one of the one of the rougher Ixaria squats. And like, that is definitely what happened. So... Right. Yeah. But how long do people generally stay there? No uh, idea. Yeah. Sometimes a long time, sometimes a short amount of time. It depends like on your refugee status and and all that stuff. Like sometimes that, you know, if you have a family member that's somewhere else in Europe, like England or France, eventually your papers will come through and you get to relocate to those folks. So a lot of the folks that I was in touch with from the trip, they like one of them stayed in Greece for a long time. The others relocated pretty quickly to either uh, England or Spain, you know, they just they just dotted around like all over the place. This is pretty. And remarkable. are these like like WhatsApp groups? Are people there are a lot of WhatsApp into groups, groups and yes, Facebook groups and stuff like that. Or yeah. So yeah. from what I understand, you would you would have like um, like travel buddies as you're getting like you're literally like walking or taking taking like a bus or how a truck somehow you're getting smuggled across from Syria all the way to Turkey all the way to Europe and you meet people along the way and through that you there are kind of underground railroad uh WhatsApp groups that get created where people share information explain um you know go this way not that way this is a good place to stop all that kind of stuff and you know it's it's something that i believe probably still exists today is kind of this like underground network of 
refugees that are still in touch with each other, even if they're all over Europe. I can't even figure out, like when I travel around Southeast Asia for comedy, <laughs> I can't figure out how to get a SIM card in every country I'm in. But Wait. but these guys all have cell phones. Do they yes. work? And yeah, how do they work? Figuring out how to like get on. How the do they have, a, they have a cell phone in Syria that then works? And so there were two different two, two different primary ways. Right? You but either how, how you they... either bring your cell phone with you or you buy one the second you land. And right. there were on all the business. islands. Yeah, there were there were businesses that would crop up almost immediately to provide uh, local SIM cards. So they would donate. Them. Okay. Yeah. yeah so a... so that was the thing is that having a phone was so critical to like connect with your family, store your documents, all sorts of stuff that like that was just the thing that you had to have. It was like the number one thing you had to have. It was yeah. absolutely. I mean, if you want to take a selfie and post on Instagram, if exactly you're, like, on the raft, and they that's took the... and they took like this was to me was really fascinating was that they took really really good care of their phones, yeah, okay. you know because like if your phone broke or if it even got cracked whatever then what were you supposed to do like a lot of times they folks spent all the money that they had just getting there so you needed to make sure your phone was well taken care of which was like really because it's know. the most valuable thing my wife cracks her phone every fifteen minutes yeah she should not be a good refugee. she needs training she, she would <laughs> she's got to change terrible. her ways if she becomes a refugee <laughs> yeah. she's got to change her ways. But then, That's for sure. This is off topic a little bit, but why does... Because like when I was living abroad, everyone uses... Well, in China, everyone just uses WeChat, but mm -hmm. then outside of China, but in other countries, everyone uses WhatsApp. But then you come here and people, they don't even know what it is. What? WhatsApp or WeChat? Like, what, WhatsApp in America? I go, most people don't have it. Yeah. Well, because they only have it if you travel, really. Like, why don't yeah. Americans use it? Why it's didn't a good it? question. I mean, I was introduced to it years ago because one of my friends moved to Israel, and that was a way... To keep in touch. Right? Yeah. So Cheap, like, yeah. why didn't it? It it definitely didn't catch on. In the it's US. weird. I, I it's a good point. I think that a lot of the default for a lot of people is either text messaging or uh, Facebook Messenger. Oh, text messaging. So so it's the type of situation where if you have something that works, why would you switch to the other thing? And and I that's that's my best maybe analysis because tech analysis right there. Apple uh, Apple text messaging is like free, isn't it? Apple to Apple. Well, if you're on Wi-Fi too. It's free. We're, right? we're yeah, not gen tech geniuses. <laughs> but isn't it when it's blue, that's mean it's it's free? Yeah, but only if you're in the when country. it's blue, it's iMessage. Yeah. I don't know about that. That's what I meant, iMessage. I, if anything, with Apple, they make they, they, they will charge you $25 a text message if they can. So, oh. Yeah. Well, well no, good. when you go abroad, you should use WhatsApp or one of these services or... Uh, uh, Telegram. I would actually, or, yeah, I would recommend Signal or Telegram. Signal, My yeah. friends don't use they can't, Signal or It's better Telegram, for encryption, right? For people yeah, who are and, paranoid and like, out there. They're also like WhatsApp is owned by Facebook now. So like, oh. if you don't trust like the whole, I, hopefully I don't sound overly paranoid, but if you don't trust these like giant right. mega tech corporations, like WhatsApp used to be a private, you know, company, its own little thing. And now it, it isn't. So, so. Signal and uh, Telegram. Or, ants. Or Ants. Yes. Or ants. Oh, yeah. Wait, do they ants? How in do the they squads? get the refugees to start ants? That I know. They got ants. They got ants. Well, Ikram should be onto that. He should be out there, down there, at the docks. He should be passing out phones with ants. He should be getting as slapped. Nothing. There's nothing exploitive about that. <laughs> Sounds like a really good idea, guys. Well, well, if you do it with a little tact, no, right. it's got to be done with tact. It's got to be, be done. You free do phones. It fun. With, this is right. Ikram we're talking about. He does everything with tact. Does he give you a T-shirt? People need clothes with pink lips, and. Don't worry, he never listens to <laughs> I this. Disavow. I disavow these jokes. No, no, I'm not making a I mean, I'm making a joke, but that's also, you know. I was thinking also, this. this podcast, we are the, uh, I forget, keep forgetting the name of the squat town. 
in Exaria. It, we're the Exaria events. No one knows what we're doing in here. <laughs> right. We don't let the cops in. Yeah. Like, we don't let anyone see. You guys yeah. going to attack me later? Is that <laughs> yeah. what you're going to You're going to get slapped. We, you, we got a lot of chairs in this room. Look around. <laughs> I got to break off pieces. Uh, of I'm, getting, I'm getting triggered just by your chair talk. <laughs> this, is, this is terrifying. So then, at, so can we done with that? Can we move on to? I have another. Yeah, yeah move on. Th the other story we want to talk about sure. to you that you wrote about was going to um, Israel and yeah, then the West Bank. The West Bank. To yep. do about the Palestinian tech scene. So yeah, my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> As like a Jewish American going to the West Bank for the day, but I, yeah. I was fine. That wasn't too terrifying. You, you were just in there. You went to Ramallah and. Yeah, I went to Ramallah. And, um, you know, the interesting part about that is that they have these giant red warning signs just when you go in. And then at the checkpoint, they have these these guys like these really big <laughs> right. guys with giant guns and they're like okay like the funny thing is is that they'll let anybody in but then they're really cautious like they'll really check your paperwork when you leave right. so it's kind of like a roach motel in that they're like okay you go do whatever the hell you want in there but whatever so right well they don't, they don't these... care what you're doing there until when you're coming Ooh. back so <laughs> yeah. you went to find out about technology in the west bank exactly yeah so like tel aviv and to a certain extent jerusalem are like these Israel in general is like known as startup nation. It's it's got like this enormous amount. It's like so many different startups and so much innovation. All the major tech companies are there, and the West Bank, which is you know kind of like sectioned off like with, by by uh, security wall. I, I wanted to see what was actually going on there and if there was any spillover. And yes, there is. A lot of it is outsourcing. A lot of those major tech companies utilize West Point West Bank tech workers to um you know kind of do some of their lower tier tech stuff because they can pay them less like it's yeah. it's a lot like it's cheaper labor and there were a handful of also uh cool little startups that were like really trying to make it there which was really interesting and to are find they out about servicing to, the world or are they servicing just the people in specific, their specific so so specific area so there was one called yam Safer that uh was kind of like Air airbnb for the arab world and it, it, it was like a hotel booking site. But uh, what was interesting about it that I found out about it is, is that a lot of Arab families like to travel together and they have big families. So the idea was to provide large hotel suites, to, to provide a lot of room for a lot of people. And that's what they specialize in. So even though it's this little uh, West Bank startup with a lot of restrictions put on them by, you know, the Israelis. Right, right, because they're controlling um, the... Yeah. Right, they control the Wi-Fi, they right. control, like, travel. Like, a lot of the Yom Safra employees couldn't actually, like, they were security restricted from right, leaving right. the West Bank. This is a travel site, uh, but they were able to make it because they served a purpose in the market. Is the, is the in Middle East in general, are there a lot of startup, like, which countries have a lot of, like, tech industry besides israel so geez like israel is probably was, by far right. by far the most and then geez i i i'm not i, I, I don't i was think, just curious i, I, I don't think, think any of the market. other ones right, are really you know that that strong some of the some of like the oil nations you know like those little guys i think like the like the uae probably have like a little bit more of that kind of thing but in general like i don't think like iraq or lebanon Saudi Arabia, yeah, yeah. like they're Saudi not, really not that well pushing free for, uh, the Silicon <laughs> yeah. Valley. Well, Iraq. that's why it's an actual interesting thing going forward in the future when you look at like ways to work together. Because like I can mm -hmm. speak to the is like the Israeli tech scene has so many jobs that my brother works in it. Mm -hmm. Like who's <laughs> what even your brother? Mean? Even your brother got a job. <laughs> my brother had a long time; he wasn't working much. He which, moved to Israel. Which brother, my, my little brother. Who just, just got, got married? Who just got married. And uh, yeah, he he works in Israel, and he go, works at a Hebrew university. Nice, where his office is, and he says there's like so many Palestinian students, mm -hmm. and they, a lot of them, you know, they come in, they work in Israeli companies, Israel proper, but then they, yeah, it's great to bring back. Yeah, it, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, a, it's like a way to like almost have a 
because yeah, they work for a lot less. So you know, from what I from what I understand too, and I, I think I read this a while back, is that this is kind of like this this uh, lesser lesser known kind of like Middle East peace process type of situation where like the tech communities, whether they're in you know whether they're Palestinian or Israel, tend to work you know r pretty well together. Yeah, and yeah. As you said, there's an opportunity to like build bridges that. Yeah, because like in the '90s there was like bridges built with like there was going to be a casino with Israel and Jordan. Like all these projects, mm -hmm. and they all kind of fell apart. I don't know what happened. A casino didn't there work. Was a casino. No, that worked actually. But, oh, okay, uh, good. But there. I was about but then to it was like there humanity. needs to have like. Um, like this is a, a a growing industry that Israel has all this expertise in, mm -hmm. and then there's going to be spillover. Obviously, if, you, if people come in and get educated, can I ask so, some questions that might be stupid? Because yes. I don't know as much as you guys do. <laughs> Please, can they go? So, if you're working for a company, so you can be living in the West Bank but work for a company in Israel. I mean, I guess you could telecommute. Yeah, oh, but right. travel yeah. is restricted. Right. That's so the thing that's say. interesting travel is strongly restricted. It's not like there's no movement whatsoever. It's just there's a it's, pain in the ass, really. Where yeah. It's going to go through the checkpoints and like. Like it's harder if you're Palestinian. Yeah, the interesting thing is that Israel. I was reading about how like they have like twenty thousand employees, like Indian and Ukrainian people living in Israel, working in the tech industry. Yeah. So, so there's there this was, opportunity to like more local people. Obviously, there was there was also like one of the other companies that I really I think you guys would get a kick out of it. There's this company called Pinchpoint that their claim to fame was that they created this. Uh, app it's like a video game called sperm mania yes. where you're, oh yeah i read about uh, that you're, you're a sperm that sperm tries to inseminate an egg and i was i was thinking to myself i would just like oh i i i thought if this is like a muslim community that like right. they wouldn't they this this wouldn't be something that they would want to do maybe they're a little more conservative but he was like the the ceo was like this was a great opportunity to like you know, kind of like put us on the map and get a lot of attention. Yeah, from us. I like all apps, no matter where they are in the world. That like, involve, if, if you're in, well, no, if you're in, it involves sex, yes, involves no. sperm, <laughs> yeah, involves sperm. Yeah. No, that sounds like a fun, uh, a fun game. Listen, any it, app is a good app. That's what I say, especially yeah. ends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wait, okay. Next question: What do you 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 guys kind of ran through that really quickly? But you said that Israel controls their Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, can you t how? Well, it's it's, well, it's Israel of... controlled land, so yeah, Israel yeah, yeah. controls the Wi-Fi. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but like at least when I was there, which was 2015, yeah, uh, they Palestinians had 3G connections. Oh, wait, that, yeah, Israel yeah. that's my brother. Oh, my... really? You you want you always <laughs> want to keep everyone 1G behind, right? Don't hold me to that, but like that's what I vaguely remember. Or like 4G was more limited yeah. in like the West Bank, so. Right. It's it's I don't know yeah that I don't know if I have to have to call my brother on the hotline, it's not but. a separate country I mean it's an Israel controlled territory you know like, like Hawaii right. well I mean the thing right. is like the thing <laughs> exactly exactly the occupied Hawaii <laughs> islands I mean when he talks about the checkpoints it's like if you ever fly to Israel we keep Hawaii at three G yeah, right? keep them, we should we should we keep gotta. well Alaska that's why they have Blockbuster or Oregon <laughs> yeah <in laughs> Oregon Oregon yeah we're gonna keep yeah. them at two G they're not Sarah Palin. But, people kick him down a G. Yeah, every yeah. stupid vice presidential candidate you throw out, your state goes down a G. That's 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 a good good rule to live by. I, I'm assuming there's security things with like spreading, like to keep an eye on like with you know messages that go online. And yeah, stuff. there's control over. I mean, the checkpoints, the way they talk, it's like I'm imagining it's sort of similar. Like if you fly on an Israeli airline or something, these people give you an interview like you've never seen. Even who's yeah. the, who are these the people? guys who work there? Oh, okay. yeah. like the it's not like people. the TSA in America where you just walk through and you're like. Like they, do all the comedians in Israel have bits about the, their own TSA? I, I'm sure they do. So they because they give they ask questions that are interesting. Like don't like if you're Jewish, obviously you get it easier. But they're like they still be like, where were you bar mitzvah? Like they want to see like if you're lying. Oh. Like they want to see if they can catch you in a lie. I gotta go now because like, I want to know if they all think that I'm Jewish. 
Right. That's Ooh. the ultimate. Because it happens sometimes where people think I'm Jewish, especially like, remember the people always come up to me on the street? I don't believe what these time people of really is think that? you're Jewish. What time of year is that? <laughs> Sukkot with their Lulov and the Etrog. Yeah, they stop me outside of the subways. They go, excuse me, uh, are you Jewish? Yeah. But I'm looking, they don't stop anyone oh, else. Is, uh, the the right. Chabad people. It's yeah. just, I, can't I, get, believe. I get stopped constantly. Yeah, yeah you look more Jewish than him. Oh, man. <laughs> and I kind of want to say yes oh. yeah. and just see what yeah. happens. Sure. But then, then I also tried to go on, when I was 19, I tried to go on Birthright and that failed. Yeah, well, you have to be like if they'll let you in if you're any Jewish on birthright. I know, but like they one didn't. eighth, one. Yeah. You got to be at least one eighth, I think, or one fourth. Certain places will think I am, so I would like to go. They check your paperwork on that. Yeah, it's a free trip, so. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so but, is TSA. So, so is TSA. <laughs> but do you know, like, has yeah? I guess I don't know if this is. Uh, do you know anything about like the scene in the past few years, or is it just sort in of, in like Israel and the yeah, West Bank? Like, it, I, mean, I, I don't think like, Pinch Point like so the Pinch Point CEO isn't there anymore, so I don't know what happened to that company. But yeah, it was just it was the type of situation, especially in the West Bank, where um, you know there were like a couple you know all stars or a couple like notable ones, but but it, it was difficult to create a critical mass there. Obviously, there was an effort to do that in Israel. A lot of the companies there, a lot of the startups are trying to hold on for longer. And so they're becoming bigger, more international companies. One of the biggest deals out of Israel more recently was that Mobileye got purchased. This is a self-driving car technology company that got purchased by Intel for $13 billion, which is a staggering amount of money for such a tiny country. So Israel continues to kind of like move up and punch way above its, its uh, weight class and you know, the West Bank is is doing what it can, but yeah, it's it's mostly through like like kind of like the outsourcing stuff. That's, there, that's what they're known for. Are there? Does Israel block certain websites for the West Bank? Do either one of you guys know this? I don't know that. Okay. No, and okay. I actually I, I read about you know one of the other you know secret Middle East peace process things that was uncovered was that a lot of Palestinian men frequent. Israeli porn websites. Ooh, so, right. you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the how we forbidden can, fruit. Right. Wait, well, that's how you can get peace. Exactly. If enough, if they get really hooked on Israeli porn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it's good enough. That's, that's <laughs> what they're working on. <laughs> Some beautiful <laughs> women. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it does seem like all the, uh, cause I, Whenever you hear about, like, whenever everyone, just, the layman, talks about technology and phones and all that stuff, everyone just talks about how terrible they are. Mm. But your article seemed to be about what's good that's going on with them. Yeah. Well, that's the idea is, is that you want to, like, tell people the potential of a lot of this stuff. It doesn't actually go great a lot of the time. And, you know, like, for instance, like, I use Amazon Echoes, like, all over my house. Oh, geez. And, um, you know, those are those are good and bad. But, like, I, I think what we try to do at CNET is explain to people what what is possible or what your life might look like <laughs> 5, 10, 20 years into the future. Because so much has changed in 10 years. If you don't step back and actually like think about that, like technology has changed a ton of stuff, yeah. and it is fascinating to write about. So you know, I, I'm not trying to be like overly optimistic about it. I hope, but but it, I mean, like is, yeah, every revolution to write about, like in Iran when there was protests, protests. I mean, using these different apps, Arab Spring, Arab Spring. Yeah, it doesn't always work. Obviously, <laughs> it could backfire in the government, but it's like and yeah. a device that didn't even exist. I mean, 
I think how did you people used Hong to, Kong how did you used to organize? Years, I don't yeah. even know. So this year, this year though was like a big reckoning in the tech world and like Cambridge Analytica with Facebook yeah, and a lot of people being concerned about Google. So a lot of people are being much more conscious and aware of like user privacy concerns. How are tech tech companies using our data? There was a big blind spot, I think, for for people on that. So that's a lot of what we've been writing about lately too. Because no one wants to read those privacy things. You just click yeah. yes, I agree, I agree. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah, you and know? it seems like I mean, people like there's percentage of people who seem very concerned, and probably rightly so, with like the privacy issues. But like, I just think most people don't care. Like well, most people are like younger people, especially just live in this world where like everything's public, kind of. But I also, think, like, I, feel, I feel like it's a like, real people, humble brag. Those people who say like, "Oh, I don't have social media," right? Or like, "I don't have email." It's because like they have a secret. They're rich. They or have they're a secretary. Or they're like, successful enough. Takes they don't all their have, calls. Right. I don't have a cell phone. Or like I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> There's a lot of those people now. Really? I don't have a there smartphone. Are? I've I've not met those people. I read this I article with like all these that. CEOs who are abandoning their smartphone. But it's because I mean, they have a smartphone. I actually had an iPhone broken at one point a couple, like a year and a half ago and I went like I was like the contract's about to start. I'm like, I'm gonna go a few weeks with a flip phone. And it was fun for like a few weeks. It's like a mental experiment. Yeah. But like the second you get that drug back, you're just like did you yeah, find you're more product more productive with the? I felt like my I was more productive, maybe short term, like artistically, creative. Yes, artistically, yes, less distractions. Yeah, but the second you get the phone back, you're just so excited. It's like from, the, the rush to the the head of from dopamine. from what you were saying about privacy stuff. So I talked to a professor about this, and it's it's really interesting. It's the idea is is that privacy is this intangible thing where if a company gives you a tangible feature, they like specifically mention like, hey, if you if you turn on this location service we're going to give you i don't know coupons or whatever right, right. and a lot of people say yes and it took something like cambridge analytica for people to come to the realization that uh, actually no I, I i do need privacy right. this is something really important and i, I don't want to get like um i don't know like snowed during an election like uh, yeah right. <laughs> oh, man. all right well uh yeah so where how can people find you oh i'm at uh i'm at ben fox rubin on twitter that's the easiest way to follow me uh, we also can I plug my podcast? Yes. Okay. Too. Great. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a daily tech news podcast called the Three Fifty Nine. You can find it on iTunes, TuneIn, FeedBurner, whatever. At all places, podcasts are available. So check Ooh. it out. That's and a, it's three minutes and fifty nine seconds. Correct. Which brings us to our next, uh, our new podcast. It's uh, two fifty nine. Two fifty nine. Yep. Hey. Yeah. Just like the seven minute abs thing. We're, we're actually just going to play. Cool. We're going to play yours, but on one and a half speed. Yeah, it's going to be wildly more successful. Should than we want to do three fifty eight just to be like yeah. a more trolly about it? <laughs> wow, fifty seven. So what happens? You just record, and the second you hit, you just stop, or you got to like. Oh, we go over three fifty nine all the time. Oh, it's yeah, actually like producer, an hour. Our producer Brian gets really mad at us. Yeah. Oh yeah, our so, producer get mad at us all the time too. Yeah, we yeah. tell him shut the fuck up, Randy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the um what what because you know how like i think is you can tell me this is true it seemed to me like twitter when i moved back into the united states in 2016 like the summer and everyone was telling me like no one uses twitter anymore mm. in 2016 and then mm. trump came around yeah trump and then it just twitter. blew totally. up again yes yes yeah twitter looked like it was definitely like kind of kind of circling the drain it yeah. looked and i have a lot of colleagues that spent a long time building up uh, followings on Twitter, and we were all kind of looking at ourselves being like, well, what's the next thing? Like, what else yeah. are we going to do? And uh, Trump definitely reignited that whole thing. I would I would want to look for other 
examples like there must be other reasons other than trump but i feel like trump was like a really big reason well, i mean he has how many million what else happened in 2016 about we 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 got on twitter I lost in america right. podcast yeah, we, you, we started america. tweeting a lot more it's true so but you guys have what five, five followers how many followers add a zero to that please <laughs> yeah, get, the, get out of the our <laughs> studio get out of exterior right now yeah uh, I got uh, get, get, get Randy Lee, break me off a chair. Break me off a chair. Break me off your. Gonna finest. get a little chin music. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have five hundred and something. <laughs> Speaking of young people, uh, you were saying there's a earlier when we were off air. There's a computer program that can do comedy. Yes, I want to. I want to find this out so we can. Uh, Put oh, Turner out of really business. really grinds my gears. <laughs> I want to work. I'm going to start a podcast efforts. with them, with the computer. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> there are a couple of efforts to try to, like, teach a computer to be funny. And I, I don't know enough about it as much as I'd like to. But it's actually super, super complicated. Because mm. to actually understand tone, intent, timing, all those elements that a stand-up comedian either understands innately or hones for years. Innately. Is, innately, innately, baby. It's super, super difficult to actually teach uh, a computer, and it, it requires, like, an emotional awareness. It's right. like, I, I write a lot about smart assistants, um, you know, like Alexa and Siri and Google Assistant, and the idea of, like, teaching a computer to be funny and not just the canned jokes yeah. is Ale this really fascinating element because it's, like, it's basically teaching a computer how to be more like a person, and it's... It's so much harder than you would ever imagine. Like we are nowhere near. Yeah, my well, kids are really into asking Alexa for, for jokes, and her 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 material is pretty pretty crap. Pretty, pretty far pretty off. Canned. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. I let me say this. Pretty we hack. will we will have a computer president before we have a computer stand up comedian. Wow. Well, yeah, because the crowd work, right? Take the computer can't do the crowd work. They, can I, <laughs> anyone can do a stump speech. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I think it's gonna when it does change, it's gonna change really quickly, Whoa. and it'll be pretty alarming when it does. And then there's gonna be speaking of president, there's gonna be a, the future Trump out there when like uh, when Barron's running for office, he's gonna promise to bring you the comedian <laughs> jobs back. You're gonna be voting for him. <laughs> he's gonna bring those jobs back to America. I would vote for that. Yes, I would definitely <laughs> vote, for, vote that. for that. Yes. Oh man. All right, let's get to the news. Yeah. Play the music. Play the music. First news story of the week comes to us from PBS.org, Kaplan. Whoa, is this our first ever PBS news story? I think it is, and what's going to happen on PBS pretty soon? Uh, we're Oh, yes! Good, look at that. We're going to be on PBS. Look nice. at we're, us. They're going to be on... Not .org, the TV. Not, we're going to be in the real TV station. The liberal elites is it gonna be the, coming to us. PBS better make it, through the, <laughs> make it to September or October. They better not run out of money. Get Trump, those donations ready, yeah. or else we're not going to be we're on TV. We're going to a telethon. Yeah, we got everybody coming after us. The liberals, and that's it, actually. <laughs> Just you. Who's coming after us? An 11-year-old. First news story. <laughs> okay. Our, our new friends at PBS. An 11-year-old boy on Friday was able to hack into a replica of the Florida State election website and change voting results found there in under 10 minutes during the world's largest yearly hacking convention, DEFCON 26, organizers of the event said. So an 11-year-old can change the election results in Florida. What do we think about yeah, that? Yeah, but a house, is it like a Doogie Howser-like 11-year-old or just like a regular kid off the street? Does it matter? 
Uh, all right. I have to. I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to throw some cold water on this one. Uh, so I, I, we don't I, like facts on this show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So our cybersecurity reporter just got back from this conference and said that they intentionally made those uh, websites really vulnerable so that like young hackers could actually <laughs> use them. So that made for a really PBS. good headline. I thought you were going to say he wasn't 11. He was like that baseball player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's actually huge. <laughs> he's, he's 25. He's, in a, he's, he's a, a fat guy. guy. In a, uh, <laughs> faked his birth certificate. Wait, yeah. really? So they yeah, yeah. Made they it? were like basically like sandbox. You know, they're they're like very. From what I understood, from what my colleague told me, they're very easy to hack. Can I? And because because that's like they were giving them to kid hackers. So maybe it's impressive that he did it in ten minutes. But like those were made to be like made. really vulnerable. Well, can and I ask you a question about intent? Was it to then get like a headline like this, or, or was it because of this participation trophy generation? They want to make an eleven. <laughs> they want to make an eleven year old feel really good about himself. Cat <laughs> doing comedy club material. <laughs> <laughs> it's participant trophy. Well, I'm just wondering, like, what's the, you know, wh why would they make them so easy? It's oh, well, I think it's for know, rate for um for, headlines. For, uh, it's okay. So uh, well, it's idiots also, like us talk about. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it also it's like to encourage clicks. young hackers. You need you need. Oh, the see, this participation trophy. It it's like yeah. how I used to win. Yeah, we draw. Uh, you do a cartoon drawing of the fire station, and, every, and you get an award at the. I could. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible drawer. I couldn't do that. It's speaking of, so you have a six-year-old, right? Yes. So how is this hacking? Yeah, how, how, how fast how, can how he hack into the oh, Florida how, how quickly how's can code? Like, or she? Like, do you have, like, is she taking coding classes? or No. No, okay. no, no. no. I've, I've been told on swim lessons. I've been told that my six-year-old should be taking coding classes. I, and, like, someone gave me as a gift, like, one of those, like, robots they sell at the Apple store that you can, like, <sighs> teach kids how to... I haven't really used it if yet. If you like doing it with your kid, oh. sure, but like, don't force it. Oh, okay. You never know what the future is. I remember when I was a kid, they were like, learn Japanese. Right. And look and what guy, happened yeah. to those people? Yeah. You they learned, learned Japanese. Just <laughs> they learned it. I, mean, I meant the Japanese. <laughs> a lot of good that did you in China. <laughs> Are they like plastics? Isn't that what they tell plastics. people? People plastics. in the 70s. Graduate. That's right. But that was actually true. That one was legit. All right. So I don't need to teach Teddy to. Hacking election results. He is my, my son does think he's Russian, as we've talked about. So, so he probably knows how to hack. He probably it. does know how he's working on this. <laughs> I got to be careful that I'm going to be arrested if I. That coding machine is going to be evidence against me. That is I'm, coding the p politically correct word for hacking? Uh, is there a politically incorrect word for hacking? I, I don't. Know. I don't, oh, I don't think. I don't think that's. Our hackers say we prefer coders. Oh, we prefer Yes, that sounds oh, about right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize I was being. Next news story <laughs> from the New York Post. All right, back to our more familiar territory. French <laughs> theme park trains crows to pick up trash. So yes. birds are picking up trash at the theme park. Out of cap, I don't. This seems like it's cutting into your industry, the tech world. It's cutting well, into I, jobs why? in general because the tech world's supposed to be stealing jobs from people, not crows. I don't like animals are stealing jobs <laughs> from humans. First of all, well, I just do think... they have visas. <laughs> Who's employing these animals? <laughs> Is there? A, can we build a wall big enough to keep out animals? They've schooled the six crows? intelligent rooks to collect cigarette butts and debris left on the grounds. That's an amazing thing. We've talked about this in the pod about how you've talked about how the big adjustment for you is a cigarette butts. So you're allowed to litter. Wait a minute. But goes. how soon? How soon until Peter gets really mad about that? Because you're making a crow pick up a cigarette butt. They what? they could they could what? get uh, ill. They could get cancer. Yeah, you're right. They this is the, this is the animal rights people are not going to like this idea. This as adorable fly. as I think it yeah, sounds, you're not gonna it doesn't fly. This right. one fly in the squats in Greece, so that's for sure. Yeah, but you're yeah. less likely to like uh, skeet shoot it, right? If it's 
useful. Uncle Keith probably won't shoot as many of them. Don't they eat crows? If I mean, in France? Yeah, if, if it's picking up What's his a crow? cigarette butt. What's the difference between a crow and a pigeon? What is it? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Because they eat pigeons. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a scientific Ask mystery. Ask Mike Tyson. I think yeah. he's the only one. Because I used to have pigeons in my backyard in, my, in the East Village. And they would build little nests. They could they have been crows. Garbage. And I would hit the freaking nest down every day. It was like, and they would they build them back up again. It was like a it was it was like a the dry foot policy where like if once they had an egg there, I had to leave it go. Like I wouldn't <laughs> kill an egg. I, yeah, it was my pro life stance, I guess. So I'd let it stay. So, but if I could have trained them to like do useful, I was a mess. So if I could have trained them to pick up cigarette butts after a party, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I get that, it. That would have been a very useful thing. So maybe if they can pass this along. This could solve the whole, everyone hates pigeons, right? They shit on you and everything. Yeah. So this could be a good thing. That's what I'm saying. My animal rights take. So you're pro this. I'm pro this, yes. I'm anti because I'm pro jobs. You're pro jobs. I'm anti jobs. I don't like it, but but there are, now there are going to be people who are like, that, that, uh, Whatever that crow stole my job. <laughs> There's gonna be a Trump running against a yeah, Trump of France. No, it'll be a, like a parade of Roombas. Yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, those were our cigarette butts to pick up. Yeah, and they're gonna shoot. They're gonna just shoot. And yes, you're right. That brings you back to a topic I, I had on the podcast a few months back, which is the idea that in I think in countries around the world, you're allowed to throw. You can't litter on the streets, but you can throw cigarette butts on the street. Yeah, it's like the and exemption. In, in America, you can as well, right? I think so. Yeah, I've never seen anyone people get arrested. I do it. In New York City, I people see people just throwing cigarette butts on the street. Yep. And someone's going to pick it up. There's a crow for that. <laughs> There's a crow for that. <laughs> Next story. All right. Trendingpost.com. What where did we get this? Randy Lee. Yeah, Randy Lee's going deep. Where did our producer find this story? A NASA study is willing to pay you $100,000 to stay in bed for 60 days. Hmm, that's pretty bad. good. Yeah. I didn't know NASA still existed, so that's first development. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought it was over. I thought NASA was gone. NASA's we got a space done. force now. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They Trump's, took over. What does that mean? Is it like uh, the space force? It means no. Uh, I have no idea. Hopefully, lasers. Protect Hopefully, the millions. laser shooters. That's right. that's what everybody wants. Yeah, that's that's a good way to build approval for the government. You got Wookies Sp- flying planes. <laughs> I'm not sure how it works. Anyway, so, the study. So, hundred thousand dollars to stay in bed for sixty days. The study is part of NASA's bed rest studies. Wait, to observe the effects of immobility and bed rest on astronauts and to find ways to manage the decline in mus- muscle atrophy and bone density problems usually faced by ast- astronauts who have to stay for long durations in space. So basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to simulate what happens when an um, a astronaut goes to space, but they don't want to waste it on astronauts because right. they're too valuable. So they want to find people. So they play some, pay some schmuck a hundred grand to sit on his couch. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I, I know. Awesome. Why don't one of us do this? First of all, I know a lot of people who do this for free. They're this, called comedians. <laughs> they just yeah. sit around all day. This would be a great. Uh, Joe Schaefer does this. Is there ever been a more lost in America thing than to like go become an astronaut? But you, you think you're an astronaut, but you're not an astronaut. <laughs> like, are, are you Are you allowed to get up? Do you have no. to like? So it says you cannot move for sixty days. Where do you crap? It says you, you they, can you, do you pee and poo in like the thing, and someone cleans it up. Yeah, oh, that, so. that job. That person should pay more than hundred thousand dollars. So yeah. the rules <laughs> say that you can do anything you please as long as you stay in bed. So you for can master days. You can yeah. masturbate as much as your heart desires. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would do it for a hundred grand. You can't move for sixty days. Do you have I, your phone? I think it's one foot in bed, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have your phone? That's oh right, if you could do things off the bed, like you just got to keep your foot on. I don't. Because is this like if you go to Mars or something, you're going to not be moving? You for can longer? even. Yeah. So that's what it's for. I, I think you're right about that. Yes. 
Candidates are separated into two groups. One group, which is allowed to exercise with special equipment, and the other group not allowed in any activity except for bed rest. Oh, the special equipment sounds fun. So is that the idea that if we go to Mars, as you were just saying, that it's going to be it's like... It's a long trip, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a long trip to get there. It's at least three or four hours. It's a while. Yeah. Three or four hours? <laughs> is, it, is it more than that? Isn't it like a couple... <laughs> I don't actually know how long it takes... <laughs> All I know is that because I've been to like 17 <laughs> museums with my kids, yeah. those are the you know, activities. So I know that yeah. like when you get there, there's not enough gas to go back, so you're like stuck there. Right. That oh, I've really? learned. Just leave the kid so, at the museum. So, uh, so yeah. no, not, <laughs> no, not, not at the bars. Museum. I'm at bars. Oh, <laughs> 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 you guys are talking about bars. <laughs> yes. The museum coming. That's his excuse so, for that's leaving I've his learned. kids. At the I've museum. relearned everything. I didn't know. like all the science classes that I forgot or didn't pay attention to. Are you relearn everything with kids? Right. Because then you oh, ask you oh, questions. Oh, especially I get it. Now yeah, I'm, so now I pay I'm attention following. to the museum because then I gotta like tell them one or two tidbits so I show that I'm like involved. So people Last are watching. thing on this. This is also. A great way to get laid because you can tell chicks at bars that you're training to be an astronaut right mm-hmm. oh sorry i can't meet up next week i got this astronaut training are you allowed up. to have girls over while you're doing this sure like, you like can do whatever you want conjugal visits as long as you get congees <laughs> as long as you stay in bed <laughs> basically it's like being in a great prison right but if a couple does this together and then like breaks up halfway through it's that's that is a reality show that right? is a reality. Yes. 100 200 it's grand 200 yeah. grand to a couple that can stay in bed together for six <laughs> what months what would the name be I, it, Be- I, I don't in bed, know. In bed forever. Uh, Bedstronauts. Nice. Bedstronauts. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's fantastic. Ding, ding, ding. Write that down, Randy Lee. <laughs> Randy, Randy Lee. Producer Randy Lee. Call, oh my God. call your connections over at the That's TV station. That's a billion dollar idea. All right. There Last you go. Last news story of the week comes to us from thepickle.com. Which, Kevin, first of all, I know you got this story. Isn't this a fake news site, The Pickle? Oh, is it? Sure. I don't know. It was sent to me by a producer, so that's uh, I blame her. <laughs> <laughs> is it fake? The pickle? I've never heard of the pickle.com. Uh, okay. Is it a fake? Are we, oh, is this fake news? Literally, it's like the onion, you mean? I think it might be the uh, onion. Whoops, maybe. Mobile phone charger catches on fire on Orion Air Flight. Is that possibly true? Is it a tech person? Kind of my mobile Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fake yeah. real. We're just calling it real. According to Ben Rubin, if it's fake, blame him. <laughs> Passengers rushed off a plane after a portable phone charger burst into flames just before takeoff. Anthony Carrillo filmed as the charger turned into a ball of fire as people boarded the Ryan Air Flight from Barcelona to Ibiza. Mm. Yesterday, douchebags. Exactly. So first of all, the plane, the the thing exploded. I was at gas stations on uh, in um, Panama City Beach, Florida, a couple weeks ago. Two days in a row, as they call it, the Redneck Riviera. And I saw two women back to back days smoking cigarettes while filling up their gas tank at the gas station. Ooh, terrible idea. And I was saying that I'm too scared to even get my cell phone out. Yeah, well, clearly the the plane though, as long as they're not smoking on the plane with the charger. That's the so is it going to be the new I, thing? You can't use your phone. Well, when I was, I mentioned this on the podcast when I was in Ryanair recently, our charger didn't work, and I was all angry about it. But maybe they were, they knew you're better off. They knew if they turn this, if they turn the technology on, we're all going to die. It's going to explode. Let me be a pain in the ass for 15 minutes. So as this story keeps going, everyone. So the plane's emergency slide was activated. That blow up fun I love slide. It. But everyone was so excited to take it that they all, uh, they all crammed in at the same time, and there was yeah. too much. No one could get through. Pile up. They, they pile up. They all got stuck in the slide. Which brings me to the point I've been railing on for years. If I run for president, mm-hmm. this when, is my when, 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 when I do my number one platform is those slides are too fun. You need it to be because <laughs> everyone wants to go at the same time. Is there water? If it's a hot day, can you pour a little water from your water bottle and make it like yeah. a refreshing? Exactly. You have to. Go. If you want these people to stay alive, you got to make it like I don't know sandpaper or something it should be like a trampoline so you get you like, some to distance like, or you bounce out of there or do your taxes like you're doing your taxes on the slide that's, yes, some, that's just that's make it really boring 
Yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta renegotiate your Geico uh, insurance. <laughs> or it could be one of those twist if it make it a twisty slide, that's actually more fun. Right? Wait a minute. Now you're getting fired at CBS. This is <laughs> you, you go down to the bottom of the slide, they fire you at the bottom. That's oh, it. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It goes back to right. the Google. They say slide. You're clearly weak. A, a strong employee would have kept finishing their work on the plane. Right. Exactly. It's a business flight after Keep all. Keep those laptops open. <laughs> Keep people. laptops open until the last the last person on the plane. You get a raise. That's our podcast. <laughs> ben Rubin, thanks for doing it. Thank you. Check him yeah. out on CNET. Cap. Thanks, guys. Let's Check out the 359. Yeah. Check out 359. After you listen to our podcast, 259. <laughs> <laughs> Cap, what should we do? Get lost. Get lost.